would this be with 25% more balls? Sure. Why not? Well, because technically you need two balls to have balls, but you need two balls to be men balls. And I only have one ball and there's two of us. So technically, mathematically speaking, that would be 25% more balls. That is correct. So I'm Rin. And I'm Tammy. And this is? I love a good rabbit hole. Now with 25% more balls. Yes. Glittery balls at that. Glittery balls, yes. Because that's important when you're dealing with balls. You want your balls to be glittery. I have been wanting to crack open to this for a minute, so I am going to crack. Oh, that was a good one. Thank you. All right. Well, I... So what are you drinking? Canadian or Canada Dry. Canadian Dry. Dry Canadian. Cranberry. (laughs) Cranberry ginger ale. Every now and then I say the wrong cranberry. Yes. I am going to be drinking... Joy Burst energy drink. Froze Rose. Ooh, yum. It is watermelon uh strawberry. Yummy. I forgot to You didn't splooge. No, I didn't. Mm, nicely. Granted, now it's kind of warm because I've been dealing with my computer this whole time. Mine's actually gotten colder because it was sitting up in my window and my window's open. Ah. Yeah, I mean, I could have done that, but we don't open our windows at our house. Mm. I do. I have to. Like, the fresh air has to come in. Even when it's raining, my windows open like an eighth of an inch so I can get the fresh air while I sleep. Yeah, we just have ceiling fans and central air, so. Yeah. We're fancy. Yeah. I like fresh air. I like fresh (laughs) air, too, but I can't open the windows because we have central heating and cooling, so. Uh Uh-oh. Here it comes. Nope. Was it going to be a sneeze talking. or a burp? Burp. Ah, oh, it'll show up yeah. when you're least expecting it. Yeah. So it is now officially November. Spoopy season is over. Yes. I'm very sad about that. Yeah. I'm always sad when October ends. Yeah. Like, I just love October. I love spoopy season. I love everything to do with it. I did not get very many trick-or-treaters, which was a bummer. You know, it was... Oh, there's a little one. Um, you're not the only one. I've actually heard uh, my coworkers talking about it. They didn't get nearly as many trick-or-treaters. We didn't get nearly as many either, which is kind of sad because, you know, that's supposed to be the best part of childhood is trick-or-treating. Right. I mean, Addie went out with her friends, so she had a good time. She was dressed up as Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, she had... she. Brought back a lot of candy and stuff, but like I had a ton of treat bags left, so I took it all to work the next day and I handed it out to all my coworkers, and everybody was like, go. "Wow, Rin, your house is the house to hit." And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, I don't mess around." Yeah, we just had regular, um, the bite-sized candy stuff. Yeah, and we had so few that, like, towards the end, I was telling kids grab like two handfuls. Yeah. Um, Excuse me. I did get a few teenagers. That were dressed up. So that was nice. Yeah. Um, and the best line out of all throughout the night, the best one I got was, Mom, I got a big one. <laughs> there you go. I'm like, yes, I'm the big one. Did you dress up when you were handing out the candy? I was. Um, I was in my black dress and I had little bat wings in my hair. I was wearing my witch's hat for a while, but then I put on the bat wings because I was getting too warm, constantly getting up and fighting with Humphrey. Yeah. Because every time I had Kuma outside for like a half a second, like we had him on the leash and I was just sitting in the chair with him. He almost pulled me off of the porch like five times. Wanted to go get people? Yeah. yeah. And he would sit out in the yard and he'd whine. And I was like, okay, I 
I, I can't. <laughs> I cannot. So, so speak, he got to go inside. Speaking of dogs, there, the UK has passed new legislation for their country that effective February 2024, extra large bully breeds are considered dangerous dogs and are banned. Oh my God. Can you believe that? No, I can't. People are stupid. It's not the dog breed. No. Absolutely is not the dog breed. Pitties are the biggest babies. But they are strong. And they are very strong. If they're yes. not taking if they do not have a good owner, they can end up being a bit feral. Yes. But any dog can do that, right. not just pitbulls. I mean, my dog Sydney, her bark, oh my gosh, it is terrifying. Like it scares kids because mm -hmm. she she's got a very like high pitched, loud, like like she's got it's high pitched, but it's like it projects. Like it's very much yeah. like a German Shepherd type bark. Um and it scares kids, but she is just she's because she's so excited, like her tail's going. Yeah. Exactly. And she's just hur, 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 you know, cause she's just like, come play with me, come play with me, come rub my belly. Yeah. You know, like she, if you There oh, it God, is. Excuse me. If you watch videos of like pit bulls, their tails are always going. Oh, I know. And they are the biggest lovers. It's not the breed, it's the owner and yep. the way that they're raised. They should ban bad owners. It, it's seriously, I mean, anyway. Yeah. I just wanted to share that because I saw that and it made me really mad because there's a lot of people in the UK that have the extra large bully breed and like yeah. they have to, they're going to have to get rid of their dog or they're going, they have to register it for some sort of registration thing. So they know where all the dangerous dogs are. Right. So what are they going to say? They never met a fucking Chihuahua. Are they Sorry, gonna, Heather. Are they going to put like a star David on the dogs now? Right. Registering exactly. them so that they know where they are. Going to put them in concentration camp. I mean, that's basically what they're going to do. They're going to euthanize them all. Yeah, exactly. Fuckers. Sorry, Heather. Okay. Okay. So what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about one of the reasons why Tammy doesn't fly. Because you don't yeah. want to come visit me. No, I, I totally want to come visit you. Maybe I should actually book a train. But have you ever seen... Okay, like way back in the day, one of my favorite books, somebody posted this online the other day. Favorite book was a book called Hatchet. Do you remember that book or movie? No. It's a boy who's flying to his family somewhere. And he's in like a little twin prop engine plane. Oh, fuck those things. And the plane goes down somewhere in the wilderness. And the pilot dies on impact and the boy escapes and all he has is a hatchet and he survives for a very long time in the wilderness with nothing but his hatchet. Well, I and mean, then Minecraft the, proves that you can do that. Yeah. In the end he gets rescued, but it's like a harrowing tale of this boy surviving an airplane crash and then having to survive in the wilderness. I would just fall so, over and die. I'd just be like, I'm done. Yeah, no, or I'm, no, I'm, I'm not a wilderness person. But then again, I wouldn't ride in a little Cessna anyway. So no. Exactly. So no. And I think maybe that actually contributed to like my fear of flying from the time that I was a little girl. Like I remember flying to Germany yeah. um, when the plane went to take off. I curled up in the seat and I like covered my ears. My mom says I did not fly well at all. I did fly pretty well. Really? She gets bored. But she does okay. As long as she's got, um, like, videos to watch, she's good. Yeah, I, I can't. I actually have to be drugged in order to fly. It, it's bad. 
But because it is also November and technically the Christmas season. Um, holiday. Holiday season. Thank you. Um, I thought we'd talk about airplane mysteries. Oh, because, you know, it's going to be coming up to one of the busiest traveling times of the year. So let's talk about the way, the mode of transportation that I. <laughs> Sorry. Exactly. Sorry for that. That was very rude. Um, the mode of transportation. Um, Tammy just went offline. So it's just me here by myself. And I'll sing a song. La, 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 la. <laughs> oh. I stuff. I did not mean to. Whoopsies. Please hold. Your call is very important to us. You are customer number 29 in space, <laughs> in the line. You will be helped in the order that calls are received. Uh-huh. If there you do not is. wish to wait... You can We're call good. back. No need to wait. I actually had um, another uh, one in the pipeline that I just finished working on earlier this week. And it had that one up instead of the airplane mysteries. But now I've got it. Oh, okay. Boopers. So as we go into the holiday season, some of us are already thinking about traveling. The long lines, canceled or delayed flights, screaming oh. kids, frustrated Ooh. parents, and overworked, Ooh. overtired TSA airline employees. During these frustrations, we tend to forget how it's barely over a hundred years ago that man even learned to fly. Now we have luxuries like reclining beds and private suites on planes, not to mention private jets with entire apartments inside. But imagine not making it to your destination. Where do I make it? (laughs) That's just it. For as long as humans have been flying, there have been tragedies. Much like our previous stories of ghost ships, there are mysteries in the sky as well. When most people think of missing flights, the first name that comes to mind... Any ideas? The Malaysian Airline? Well, that's one of them. But Amelia Earhart, her Lockheed plane, her navigate, and her navigator went missing in 1937 after taking off from a small airstrip in Papua New Guinea. But there are so many more than that. Speaking of... First Malaysian one time, airline. exactly. This one was the biggest, one of the biggest mysteries of our generation. Um, Malaysian Airlines was an international passenger flight operated by Malaysia Airlines that d- disappeared from radar on the 8th of March, 2014, while flying from Kuala Lumpur International Airport in Malaysia to its planned destination in China. The reason for the disappearance has not been conclusively determined. The crew, ER, registered as 9MMRO, last communicated with air traffic control around 38 minutes after takeoff when the flight was over the South China Sea. The aircraft was lost from ATC's secondary surveillance radar screen minutes later, but was tracked by the Malaysian military's primary radar system for another hour, deviating westward from its planned flight path crossing the Malay Peninsula and Adaman Sea. It left radar 200 nautical miles northwest of Pinyang Island in northwest Peninsular Malaysia. With all 227 passengers and 12 crew on board presumed dead, the disappearance of Flight 370 was the deadliest incident involving a Boeing 777 and the deadliest in Malaysia Airlines history until it was surpassed in both regards, by Malaysia Flight 17, which was shot down while flying flying over Ukraine four months later on July 17, 2014. Which is really crazy because at least we know what happened to all of those people and the plane. Mm-hmm. They were 
down. They were recovered. The plane and the black box, all of it was recovered. Malaysia, nobody knows what happened to them. Um, the combined loss caused significant financial problems for Malaysia Airlines, which was re renationalized by Malaysian government in August of 2014. The search for the missing airplane became the most expensive search in the history of aviation. It focused initially on the South China Sea and Adaman Sea before a novel analyst of aircraft's automated communication with Inmarsat satellite indicated that the plane had traveled far southward over the southern Indian Ocean. The lack of information on the days immediately after the disappearance prompted fierce criticism from Chinese public, particularly from relatives of the passengers, as most of the flight most people on board Flight 370 were of Chinese origin. Several pieces of debris washed ashore in the western Indian Ocean during 2015 and 2016. Many of those were confirmed to have originated from Flight 370. After a three-year search across 46,000 square miles of ocean failed to locate the aircraft, the Joint Agency Coordination Center heading the operation suspended its activation activities in 2017. A second search was launched in January of 2018 by private ocean private contractor Ocean Infinity also ended without success after six months. Wow. Yeah. I know it was a lot of information. That that yeah, that was a lot. I I'm I'm just bad things happened. Yes. Um this one it this hair is driving me nuts. Oh I think I got it. Um this one is very, very interesting to me because modern day technology, the little black box, all of our radar and everything like that, there is no reason why Malaysia Airlight 370 should still be missing. Unless like, it sank in the ocean. Even if it did, when it went down, the transponder in the black box would have been giving off the information as to where it went down. What if it went down and like a really good gust of wind caught it and sent it further and like, what if it ended up in the Mariana Trench and it's just too far down? I don't know where the Mariana Trench is, but... I think it's in the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, this one this one went missing over the Indian Ocean. Oh, well. So, yeah. Okay, again, a really good gust of wind caught it. It, it could have, yes. <laughs> no, it's, it's crazy to me to think about that with all of our modern technology, we still can't find this plane. Maybe it didn't have the best technology. Maybe its batteries died. Maybe maybe it was sucked into another dimension because the Higgs-on boson Ooh, maybe yeah. Hadron Collider was going at the same time and it just, you know, wormholed it. Wormholed and, it. Yeah. And now all those Asians and Chinese people are on Mars with Barack Obama. Do you ever watch a uh, Passenger? No. I think that's what it's called. It's a TV show. And it talks about an airplane that went missing for five years and then everybody shows back up. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting to see if it's going to show back up eventually. Um, so the next one is called Flight 19. And this one is probably one of my favorite. Um, it's not, it wouldn't be considered, what is the aviation's term of maritime? I guess, mm. I guess aviation mysteries. Anyway, it's called Flight 19. Flight 19 was a designation of a group of five General Motors TBM Avenger torpedo bombers that disappeared over the Bermuda Triangle on December 5th, 1945. 
After losing contact during a United States Navy overwater navigation training flight from Naval Air Station Fort Lauderdale in Florida, all 14 Naval aviators on the flight were lost, as were all 13 crew members of a Martin PBM Mariner flying boat that subsequently launched from Naval Air Station <laughs> Banana River to search Did you say airboat? Yes. It was basically a larger bomber. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I had to look that up, too. I was like, what the hell is a boat? But, yeah, that's what it's called. Um, A report by Navy investigators concluded that flight leader Lieutenant Charles C. Taylor mistook small islands offshore for for the Florida Keys after his compasses stopped working, resulting in the flight heading over the open sea away from land. The report was later amended by the Navy to read cause unknown to avoid blaming Taylor for the loss of five aircrafts and 14 men. The report attributed the loss of PBM aircraft to an explosion in midair while searching for the flight. So I think we have a better chance of locating flight 19 than we do of finding the Malaysian airline. Honestly, (laughs) like that one, and it's really sad because in 1945, they were able to at least pinpoint where they would have lost them all. And I do know that um, because they returned to the open ocean, they probably eventually ended up running out of fuel and probably kind of tanked into the ocean somewhere. So I think that somewhere um, off the coast of Florida, it, you're, we're going to start finding planes. Oh, I'm sure that there there's lots of planes off the coast of Florida. Oh, yeah, I'm sure ships and but... God knows what else. God, that is good. Okay, my so... copy was good. I chugged it. <laughs> what like, kind of copy was it? It was a Javi. Nice. I haven't made Javi in a long time, so I was feeling it. Yeah, Javi and an energy drink, double fisting. I'm yawning. <laughs> Nothing keeps um, me awake. I'm sorry. Am I boring you with these? No, I'm just saying that, like, I'm constantly tired. I'm so ready for a nap, and I still have a full day of stuff I have to do. Oh, boo-hoo. I know. It's terrible having to be taken out and shopping and, yeah. Right. Anyway, so, excuse me. <gasps> oh. Again. That did not sound good. Was I was like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, I let the loudest burp the other day. I was like, holy buckets, that one was loud. Okay. Um, so this one is the crash of the of Canadian Pacific Airlines 3505, which occurred on Ju- the 21st of July in 1951, when a Douglas DC-4 engined piston airliner registered CFCPC of Canadian Pacific Airlines disappeared on a scheduled flight for the United Nations from Vancouver, Canada to Tokyo, Japan. Neither the aircraft nor the 31 passengers and six crew have been found. The incident marked the first aircraft loss during the Korean airlift. So this was Korean was getting into the airplanes and everything. This is the first loss. Are you rubbing that ball against your elbow? No, there was stuff on my watch and I was trying to get it off. Copy. Sorry, I know that looked really weird. <laughs> it did just a little bit. Like there was like there was like something like on the top of it and I couldn't figure out what it was and so I'm trying to like scratch it off and use my the cloth from my shirt to get it off. I hate that. Yeah. 
Especially when the cloth doesn't work and it just smears whatever it oh, is. Oh, I know. It's like if you're trying to clean your glasses and they just get oh, worse. Yeah. And you're just like, come on. Exactly. You're like, Damn I eventually it. just lick them. I'm just like, eh. <laughs> I don't. I do. I'm like, somebody find me a wet wipe. <laughs> nope. I, I will. I mean, I have a built-in wet wipe. A tongue. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Um. Where was I? Okay. Oh, yeah. Canada Airlines. At... 1835, the DC-4 departed Vancouver International Airport on a scheduled flight to Tokyo. It was due to stop over at Anchorage Airport in Alaska. The flight was on schedule and reported the Cape... Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. And You're reported good. at the Cape Spencer intersection in British Columbia 90 minutes out of Anchorage. It gave an estimate of 2,400 hours for y- Yakutat in Alaska. The weather in the area was heavy rain and icy conditions with the visibility of 500 feet. Nothing further was heard from the aircraft and at 044 hours uh, an emergency warning was issued when the aircraft was overdue to report. The United States Air Force and Royal Canadian Air Force carried out an extensive search and failed to find any trace of the aircraft or its 37 occupants. The search was finally called off on the 31st of October, 1951. Wow. That doesn't sound like they really searched for a whole lot, long time. I mean, but how much can you search? Like, like, you know, planes, they're supposed to stay on like, you know, a pretty, pretty standard path. And if they've gone off the beaten path, then, I mean, it's like trying to find a needle in a haystack. I mean, look at missing 411s. Like... I mean, if somebody goes off the beaten path, they're fucked. Yeah. Always stay on the marked paths. Yes. Don't go off. Because obviously it doesn't end. <laughs> no. Even if you're on an airplane, stay on the path. Exactly. Don't go wandering. So one of the ones that I didn't write down, but um, I wanted to talk about before I go into the last part of the story is, do you remember the movie Alive? Vaguely? It was about the, um, what is it, the Paraguayan soccer team. Oh, yeah. Their aircraft crashed in the Andes. Mm-hmm. And they had to eat their teammates. And they had to eat their teammates. Like, that, like, it, it straight up is the Donner Pass or the Dotloff Pass. Um, no, not Dyatlov. Dyatlov is where they were all lost. Donner is uh, the Donner party. Yeah. They had to eat their team. Yeah, is where they had to eat their team members. But, like, still, like, I, I don't know if I would ever be strong it's enough a, to do something it, like that. Eat that or die. Yeah. I, I'd probably die. I I think I might die as well. Like Yeah, I'm like, I, I'd, I'd make a good meal for somebody. I mean, I, I'd have a long way to go before I died because I have a lot of floof that, you know, right. go away. But, like, they had um very small amount of rations and then, like, towards the very end was when they started eating the other people. And I think that might be another reason why I don't like flying. <laughs> because I saw that. people want to have to eat somebody? I didn't want to have to eat humans. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. I will fully admit Sorry, I'm not eating to yawn again. I will fully admit that when I'm getting on an airplane, I do look around and think, who would I eat first? I do not think that. Yeah. I look around and think, these are the people I'm going to die with. Nope. I think, I'm like, I'm not going to eat her. She ain't got nothing on her. Or the girl who looks at me funny. 
or like the couple who will like sit on either side of the middle seat in hopes that nobody will take the seat. Right. And I'm like, it's a full flight, you idiots. (laughs) Move over. Like, stop thinking you're going to get your free seat. I don't remember. I don't think I've ever been on a flight. Oh, no, wait. I was on one flight where um, it wasn't full. I've been on a few where it's not like totally full, but I mean, I've got Mark and Addie, so I'm always going to have somebody next to me. And nine times out of 10, I'm going to be in the middle seat because Addie wants the window and Mark wants the aisle. (laughs) Sure. Put the tallest one with the longest legs in the middle seat. Great idea. No, Mark's taller than me. Really? Yeah. He's 6'2". Excuse me. Um, I have only flown with other people besides going to Germany and coming back. I've only flown with other people once. And that was my baby sister and Uh my dad in 2001 when we flew back to Philadelphia. Oh, Um, that was the year that dad left his Mercedes for you to drive. Ah, yes. Yeah. And I was freaking out so much. Sarah's like, you have got to calm down. I'm like, stop fucking yelling at me. And like, Oh, sorry, Heather. It was, it was just bad. Like we were, Sarah's about ready to knock me the hell out because I was, I was panicking. <laughs> we, of course, naturally, whenever I fly, I never have a smooth flight. There's always some major situation that's going on that we have to go higher or lower because of a thunderstorm. One Doesn't time, matter where I fly, oh, fly. One time we were flying back from somewhere. I think we were flying back from Indiana up to Philly and we had some bad turbulence to the point that, like, I was so queasy. I was like, oh, this is not good. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> Luckily, I did not. Because, like, the idea of throwing up on an airplane just freaks me out almost as much as going to the bathroom on an airplane. I do not go to the bathroom on an airplane. I don't think I've ever gone to the bathroom on an airplane. Well, first of all, I'm terrified I'm going to get stuck. Because <laughs> it's tiny and I've got a fat ass. But, like, I'm just absolutely terrified that, like, the seat's going to suck me out. Again, okay. I, I, I realize the irrational fear because, obviously, it's not going to suck me out because I'm not the size of the seat. Right. But, you know, like, my butt's going to get suctioned to it or something and I'm going to get trapped. Yeah. With, like, my ass stuck to an airplane seat. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think it's, it, mine is um, my, like, control issues. I, I, I know that I have them. <laughs> I yeah. know that I can't control them. But like not being, for lack of a better term, in the driver's seat. Yeah, my brother-in-law has the same problem. Like yes. that's why he freaked out about flying. Yeah, I I just don't like it. I, I never have. Never have. Eh, I don't mind it. I just hate being like trapped in an airport with like a ton of people and then trapped on an airplane with a ton of people. And inevitably... Always, there is someone behind me that kicks my fucking seat every single fucking time. Oh, my God. Yeah, when you have less than two feet between you and what's in front of you, it's... I don't kick the seat in front of me. I'm always very mindful about how I move my legs so that that way I don't kick the seat in front of me. It's called common courtesy. I, when I fly, I also tend to get, like, the emergency exit. I specifically request those. That costs extra. Yeah. But they've got the extra space. Yeah. And, like, honestly, I really don't think I would even have enough of a mindset to know what no. to do. You wouldn't if, be any good in an uh, airplane emergency situation. In a, You'd be like, we're all going to die! <laughs> in an airplane emergency situation, I'm that person that somebody's going to have to knock out. Because 
I'm freaking out. Yeah, any other situation. Don't sit in the emergency seat section. Any other situation, I'm like, I got this. I know exactly what to do. But yeah, an airplane emergency, no. Somebody would have to like drag me kicking and oh. screaming and like trying to, like if I was on the airplane that crashed down to the uh, Potomac. No. Oh. The one that. Right, and the one where he like landed it. I I would not. I'd be like, you want me to get out? Why can't we get out? We have to stay with the plane. Stay with the plane! Yeah, like, they'd have to, like, tranquilize me to get out or something. But your seat becomes a flotation device. Why can't the plane just become a boat? Right. There's enough shit in here that it'll float. We're good. Right? Yeah, no, I, I would not. Yeah, rescuers would probably want to kick my ass. Probably. I was involved in a, in a plane crash. I just would not be any good at all. Frick! So, Can't stop yawning. <laughs> last, lastly, we have on the 2nd of August, 1947, a plane called Stardust. Stardust. Oh, excuse me. This Was plane. it driven by the Star-Lord? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to figure that part out. Um, hold on just a second. My apologies for the pause. Why are we pausing? We have paused. She is on her phone. She's looking at her phone. I apologize. Oh, she had a text message that needed to be sent. Yes. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I love, so, like, we've been watching Celebrity Jeopardy the last ah. two seasons. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. I don't like Jeopardy. The questions are always too hard for me. Oh my God, I cannot stop yawning. This is Celebrity Jeopardy, though, so the questions are were a little bit easier. Ah, because celebrities aren't so smart. I Some didn't say that. <laughs> okay, so British South American Airways Avro Lancastrian airliner on a flight from Buenos Aires, Argentina to Santiago, Chile, crashed into Mount Tupanca, Tupangato in the Argentine Andes. An extensive search operation failed to locate the wreckage despite covering the area of the crash site. The fate of the aircraft and its occupants remained unknown for over 50 years, giving rise to various conspiracy theories about its disappearance. In the late 1990s, pieces of wreckage from the missing aircraft began to emerge from the glacial ice. It's now believed that the crew became confused as their exact location while flying at high altitudes through the then poorly understood jet stream, mistakenly believing that they had already cleared the mountaintops. They started their descent when they were in fact still behind cloud-covered peaks. Stardust crashed into Mount Tupungato, killing all on board, burying itself in the snow and ice. The last words in the Stardust's final Morse code transmission to Santiago oh, shit. Airport... <laughs> Almost to Santiago Airport was S T E N D E C, which was received by the airport control tower four minutes before its planned landing and repeated twice. It was never satisfactorily explained. So nobody knows what Stendek stands for, but that's what they were sending. Stendek. Shit the mountain. Shit the mountain. I'm guessing that's what it translates Yeah, that's what that's that's the translation for Stendek is uh, shit mountains. <laughs> and when I was reading that, I actually kind of giggled because all I was thinking was the George of the Jungle movie, <laughs> how the airplane went to go through and like the clouds were covering it and like the wings just stayed at the top of the mountain and the airplane kind of 
continued on. Yeah, that's all I saw. (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. No, I can't think of what Stendek would mean. Yeah, nobody else can either. So um, that is that for the British Airlines. Apparently it didn't go so well out of uh, Argentina. Argentine. You know, I mean, so one of the things that I'm, I'm noticing is that most of the flights that you've talked about were Canadian Air, Malaysian Air, British Air. The only time the United States have had some fucked up plane situations happen is when some assholes decided to hijack them. Yes, there is that. There have been planes that have crashed in the United States. Plenty of them. We just didn't talk about those. Yeah, I, I, I don't like to think about those. Um, but these ones are the ones that I talked about were are were mostly mysteries. Um, the last right. one was actually found in again the glacial ice. So, right. Um, yeah. Well, cool. So far, the only one that was that we know of was American were Flight 19 and the Amelia Earhart ones. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. So those were interesting. But anyway, humans are a curious lot. We like to know how things tick. We are explorers. We like to expand beyond our borders and to find new and exciting ways to live. We are at the brink of space explorations right now. So for now, there will be more mysteries to come as we advance in flight. Right. Let's. The next one we'll be talking about will be missing spaceships. Yes. I, I fully believe that's going to happen because under any new exploration, there has to be some stuff that's lost. I mean, look at the lost colony of Roanoke. Okay. First of all, like... It, it's going to be easy to lose stuff in space. Oh, yeah. It's infinite. Right. So, you know, something's just going to float off and it doesn't have a jet stream. Right. It's just going to be floating. It's it's not mapped out right now. So nope. if, some, if we launch something into space and we lose contact with it, it's going to stay gone. Yeah, I pretty really, much. I really fully believe that. We, you know, a couple of hundred years down the road when we're, our bones are all dust and everything... They might be like, oh, hey, we found the spacecraft and it's empty or abandoned and nobody knows what happened to the crew. Right. Or the crew had to start eating itself. Oh, but... like the Event Horizon. That movie yeah. freaking scared the crap out of me. Yeah. Brent, that that movie's Horizon. a hard pass. Yeah. Um, so. You know, and long after we're gone, that one space, that one little pod that's got a golden record on it with our DNA attached to it will probably still be going. Hmm. Exactly. Because we thought that was a good idea to put, you know, human DNA on a pod, launch it into space with a golden record. Yeah. We do smart that's, stuff. That's how we're going to end up with, like, species. <laughs> yeah. That movie. They're the going to try and, they're going to try, some alien race is going to try and clone us and, like, end up sending it over and being like, nah, dude, this ain't right. Yeah, some big lizard people are going to, like, combine the DNA together and. No, it's going to be the gray aliens. The ones that have the big head and the black eyeballs. I thought those guys just like to probe us. Well, they're the ones who got the treaty signed with, was it Hoover who signed the treaty? Or was one of those at that time? Or was it Eisenhower? Eisenhower? Is it Eisenhower? Wait, no. Roosevelt? Roosevelt. Yes, Roosevelt. One of them signed a treaty, apparently, with some aliens that they're allowed to like take so many of us every year. I believe it. I wouldn't be surprised either. Like some of our politicians and the dumb things they sign. Well, they can take the politicians. We'll let them have them. Yes. I can think of one in particular they can take. (laughs) Can we say impeach twice? Oh, we can. We can say impeach several times. 
Impeachment. Four or five, as a matter of fact. But well, he can't be impeached anymore. He's not a president, but he's indicted. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's in so much hot water right now. He isn't going to have money to do a campaign again. Well, I don't think he'll need a campaign. He'll just stage a coup. Yeah. He'll try. I mean, he already did did that. On January 6th. He already did that. But he didn't. He he wasn't involved. Absolutely not. No. Nobody would believe he would do he something. He wasn't on like Twitter that. encouraging it. Not at all. Not at all. All right. Let's not talk about him. Okay. He well, who that must was not be named. That was the end of a. Uh, all right. My research. Well, that's some pretty good research. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved how you started it out like a cute little story. Yeah. Like it was very sing-songy, chimey. I I do that sometimes. I enjoy yeah, that. I, I blame it on um, what's his fungus, the guy who does lore. Ah, Aaron Mankey. Yeah, yeah. His stories are always they're like, good, so entertaining. I'm on like ex- episode sixty five of just his regular lore podcast, and I've got the oh, rest and he's of got lore two other he's got two other podcasts to go. And I finished watching um, both seasons of Lore on Amazon Prime. And then when you're done with Lore, you can always go listen to Noble Blood because she's just as good. Nicely. I'll put so, it on my list. All right. Well, now that we've plugged other podcasts, not our own, because um, we can't really plug our own. Um, I would like to say hello to a new listener. Her name is Whitney, and she comes, she works with me, and she was curious about what my podcast was. So I told her, and so maybe she's listening. So hello, Whitney. Hi, Whitney. All right. Um, so I'm going to do that thing that I do every time, which is thanks for joining us today in the rabbit hole. Hop in next week when we tumble down again. If you want, you can follow us on Instagram to see what stories are coming up. Our name is like rabbit holes. If you have an idea and want us to research it, go ahead and email us like rabbit holes at gmail.com. Whatever podcast player you listen to us on, please drop a review or a star rating and Always remember to have a wonderful morning, night, or afternoon. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. Also, I saw daylight savings today. Yeah, I totally didn't know about it. So I've been up since like 530. No, like I was awake when my phone clock said two o'clock and then bloop, one (laughs) o'clock. I was like, I saw daylight savings. Look at me go. (laughs) 